The reading today is from James, chapter 1, verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish, finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. This is the word of the Lord. Morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Mark, Mark Best. I'm a member of the King's Church in Chesington, and it's a real joy and a privilege to be with you this morning to share God's Word. It really is a joy and a privilege, and thank you for inviting me back yet again <laughs> to the point where we've lost count. <laughs> I'm, uh, if you don't know me, I'm a, God, coming up to 66, I'll be a pensioner this year. It's just dawned on me. And um, I'm from South London, born and bred, but I have a bit of a, a dilemma as to where my roots are because they're partly um, in Belfast as well, as a, a British-Irish citizen. When people ask me where are my roots, I'm always convinced that my roots are solely in the kingdom of God. And that's where we're at this morning. I'm married to Susan, who couldn't be with us this morning because she's got a rotten chest infection. I've got three very uh, wonderful children, all about the age of 40, and seven grandchildren, whose names sometimes I can't always remember, so I number them. <laughs> they're, they're not offended by it at all. And I'm a vegetarian. Pause there for you meat. Because <laughs> you guys get through a lot of meat by the sounds of it. Bacon, sausages, barbecues. And, uh, I, don't, I don't know how I could fit in with you people. <laughs> As I say, it's a real privilege to share the word with you this morning. We're, we're in the epistle, the, the letter of James. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Who is this James? Shall we introduce him? Well, we've got three candidates according to scholars. When, whenever I use the word scholars, I'm referring to people who know better than me. Okay. 
So candidate one is James, the son of Zebedee. And scholars say probably not him, because he was uh, martyred around about AD 44. And then this letter was around about AD 62, could even be later, who knows? We don't know. James, the son of Alphaeus. And scholars tend to say not him, because we don't know enough about him. And that's about all they can say. So we know James, the son of Alphaeus, was a, a disciple. And then we've got James, the son of Joseph and Mary, brother of Jesus. Now, he is widely accepted as the author of this letter. Um, to be honest, we don't really know, because in those days, they didn't sign them. You're sincerely James, son of Joseph and Mary. And he's writing to believers who are dispersed for many reasons, including persecution. And he wastes no time here in getting to the point. He jumps in with both feet, doesn't he? And when we consider this passage of scripture, we're gonna consider three points, always three points, isn't it? I might stretch out the four, depending on time. And that's joy in trials, finding joy in our trials which I guess we'll be majoring on a bit this morning. And our testing of faith to produce perseverance. We love perseverance, don't we? And wisdom to understand and overcome our trials. Now, he starts off by saying, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials, of many kinds and it almost seems to me quite perverse that James is saying to us consider it joy when you're in the middle of trials you know sometimes we think to ourselves when we're in the trials that we're at the, the last thing we're thinking of is joy and just to um put a bit of color to this. The Greek word that's used there for joy is poikilos, and it means many colored or variegated, many colors. So what James is literally talking about here is all kinds of trials, all kinds of trials. It's not just persecution, it's every kind of trial. And we all go through trials of our faith, do we not? It's inevitable because life is like that. It's full of trials, isn't it? And it's full of challenges. It's full of the things we could well do without. But James says, consider it not just joy, but pure joy. An absolute joy. <laughs> you know, if I was asked around the room this morning about the trials of your faith that you might be going through, you wouldn't preface your story to say, you know, it was an absolute joy. It was a joy when I had my bike stolen. It was a joy when that man crashed his car into mine. It was pure joy when I had that operation to prevent a serious illness. It was a pure joy when I was persecuted and ridiculed 
for sharing my faith and ostracized. It was a pure joy. You know, how do we find joy in our trials? Well, I thought of maybe that Psalm 30 and verses 10 to 12 might be able to point us in the right direction. And the psalmist says this, and forgive me, I might be taking it a wee bit out of context, but it, it kind of brings out the sentiment of what I'm trying to say this morning. It says, in Psalm 30, it says, Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. You turned my wailing into dancing and removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Now you might be thinking, you know what, in the midst of my trials, I don't wail. And I certainly don't put on sackcloth. I mean, where are you going to get sackcloth this time in the morning anyway? But that's not me. I don't, I don't wail in, you know, I, this sense of mourning and grief that the psalmist is talking about in his trials. You've taken them off me, Lord. You've taken off my sackcloth and you clothed me with joy. You might be thinking, well, I don't wail, I don't put on sackcloth, but the point of the matter is, is that there is this sort of inner feeling of despair in our trials. The sort of an uncomfortableness of the soul. Poor me in my dilemma. And we say, why God? Why am I in this? Do you know what? There's no condemnation in saying that. We sometimes get condemned, don't we, in, in our trials. We think, why has this happened to me? Why can't I cope? Where are you, God, in this? In this? You know, it's, it's, it's bad that it's happening to me. But in, the psalmist is saying here, I will give thanks to you forever. Paul writes this in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, in every circumstances, be it fruitful or be it in trials, we are asked, we are exalted to give thanks that's why prayer is so important it brings us a peace and it brings us a knowledge that God is in all avenues of our lives and praise as well it's been a real joy to actually worship and praise God this morning hasn't it have you ever noticed that when you come into this building and you, you know, you have the burden of your trials in a, in a rucksack, you know, and, you, and then 
it all seems to sort of melt away, doesn't it, when you come before the Lord and you worship him and you praise him for who he is. I have that many times, you know, months and months ago, I went through a severe bout of stress and anxiety that really got me down. And when I came into church on Sunday morning and sung some of the songs that we sing, there's this, this lifting that sort of happens. You know, this praise that, that brings joy, that says to me that God is so much bigger than the trials and tribulations that I find myself going through. You know, we sing this song, He Will Hold Me Fast. Do you know that one? I can't get through it without blobbing. All my days I will sing this song of gladness. Give my praise to the fountain of delight. For in your help, in my helplessness, you heard my cry. Hallelujah. Doesn't it just lift you? And as I say, God becomes so much bigger than the trials that we face. And it brings joy to our hearts. And then we come to a testing of faith to produce perseverance. In verse 4, James says, perseverance, sorry, verse 3 says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking in anything. Some uh, translations, rather than having perseverance, say steadfastness. But wherever, whichever translation we choose to end, uh, read, the end result is the same. And as in verse 4 it says, it must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. You know, perseverance, how do we even define it? It's really hard, isn't it? You know, we don't like perseverance that much, do we? We don't like to do it. But it's a steadfastly to see out, see out the trials in our lives to their conclusions. Our Christian journey through this life, it truly is a journey of finding maturity in our faith. To gain understanding as to why stuff happens. And where is God in all of it? You know, if you're like me, you don't do perseverance very well. I'm much better than I used to be. Put me in a traffic jam and I'm not good. You know, you're driving along, and I do the M25 a lot, you know. So if you're going to learn perseverance, drive the M25 nearly every day that you can. And you'd be driving along, and you think to yourself, oh, the traffic's going pretty well. And then you just come around the corner, and there's this big sign that says, caution, queue ahead. And your heart sinks. And you go around the corner, lo and behold, there is this long queue because somebody's decided they have an accident or their car has broken down or a lorry has burst into flames. And I get so frustrated, you know. If, if Mrs. Best is with me, do you know what she says? Calm down. You can't change it. You can't change it. Some of you are laughing. You've been there. You know what it's like. You know, just... You can't change this. You're just going to have to sit it out. <laughs> and she's right, you know, because I'm sitting there pressing the sat nav, shortcut, 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 you know. You just have to sit there. 
And, you know, that's, that's what it's like in life sometimes. When the trials and the tribulations come on us, we look for a shortcut. We look for a way to get out of it in our own strength, don't we? But God says no, because the trial and your tribulation that you're going through is designed specifically for you so that you might come to maturity and you might conquer perseverance. And why is that? It's because we come to know the Lord better. In our challenges, our circumstances and our trials, only good comes from it. It may not feel like it at the time, but he is there and he is bringing us to a maturity so, as I say, that we might love him, understand him, understand what he's doing in our lives, and we see the bigger picture. We don't just see ourselves and our troubles, but we see him. And again, we know that he is much bigger and better than we can ever think or understand. It's that perfecting us to be good brothers and sisters, good soldiers, good witnesses for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we go through it. And in my years as a Christian, I've learned to understand that my trials are bringing me nearer to God. Paul writes this in Romans 5 verses 3 and 4. But we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, wisdom. It's almost as if James goes off the subject a wee bit here, and he starts to talk about asking God for wisdom. But I believe what we're being taught here is finding understanding in our tries and finding that joy. And we ask that question, don't we? Why me? Why am I going through this trial? Well, to understand needs wisdom. It needs knowledge that we may not have at the time when the turmoil is upon us. So our thinking isn't clear. Our spirits are in turmoil. So what is God saying in speaking into, into our situation? What are you teaching me? It's not an unreasonable thing to ask. And this is what James is alluding to. I, I used to read these verses here where he says, um, but when, he, when they ask, they must not believe, uh, sorry, they must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not think that they will receive anything from the Lord. They are double-minded and unstable in everything they do. And I kind of, I used to read that as a rebuke. You know, it, it, oh, you know, I mustn't doubt. Otherwise, I'm just going to be like a, a wave in the sea, blown and tossed around here, there and everywhere. But actually, read it like, an, it's, like it's an encouragement. Hmm? Not to be double-minded, but to be single-minded full of faith in God. When we ask, don't doubt. Don't doubt that God has the answer for the trials that we are in.
and it will give us the strength to understand and overcome and it will bring praise and glory to his name. Do you know, nobody's pretending this is easy. Not for one moment can I stand here and say that it's easy to persevere through your trials and find joy because some of the trials that we go through are brutal, aren't they? For some, they're more brutal than others. But the Lord does not bring turmoil or doubt, but his wisdom brings strength and faith. So when James says to us, ask for wisdom, what we're asking for is the knowledge to understand why we are going through the things that we are going through. Again, so that we can know the mind of God. And these, this is revealed to us abundantly in his word, in the scriptures. Joy comes by understanding the hope that we have and the peace that it brings, the hope of eternal life. You know, this unbelieving world does not have the same sort of hope that we have. A reward in an everlasting life through knowing our sinless Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. The world's wisdom stays well short of God's wisdom. Let me quote you a song lyric, quite an old one, 1979. I'll quote it to you, I won't sing it, okay? Unless I see an ominous show of hands. I thought not. Life is a liar. Life is a cheat. It will lead you on and pull the ground from underneath your feet. No use complaining. Don't you worry. Don't you whine. Because if you get it wrong, you get it right next time. Do you know that song? <laughs> Sounds easy, doesn't it? But it's the world's misguided philosophy. We can't do it on our own. You know, it's not a case of pick yourself up, dust yourself down and start all over again. It's not, I did it my way. We can't do it on our own when the trials come in on us. We need something or someone else. We need to know God's arms around us. Don't we just need that sometimes? When the going gets tough, it's not the tough get going. When the going gets tough, we need an arm around us to say, it's going to be all right. And that's what our wonderful God does for us. By his Holy Spirit, by his wisdom, and the way he speaks to us through his word in our daily lives, he says, it's going to be all right. It's not a case of getting it wrong and getting it right next time. It's a case of walking with our Saviour, knowing and understanding why our trials are there. Friends, what are your trials right now? Is it loss, loneliness, grief, 
sickness, fear? Is it relationships that you find it hard to forgive? Is it rejection? What are your trials? Because they come in many colors. Here's our comfort and here's our joy. Here's our peace and here is our perseverance. Here's our wisdom and here's our joy. That God himself abandoned his majesty and came down to earth in the form of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and lived amongst all of us. He was rejected. He was despised. He was put through all kinds of trials. He became familiar with our sufferings and our sorrows. The road that we walk, our Saviour has walked before us. There are no trials that he does not know about. There are no circumstances that he is unaware of. There are no sufferings that he has not suffered himself. He shares them with us and he went the whole distance even to death on a cross to save us from our sins. That's the reality. When we think of our trials and our circumstances, the reality is that we have a God that has gone before us. Let me read you a quote from John Stott. That's the God for me. He laid aside his immunity to pain. He entered our word of flesh and blood, tears and death. He suffered for us. Our sufferings become more manageable in the light of his. There is still a question mark against human suffering, but over it, we boldly stamp another mark, the cross that symbolizes divine suffering. The cross of Christ is God's only self-justification in such a world as ours. It's the truth, isn't it? How do you feel about your trials and your circumstances this morning? Does it bring it into perspective? I was really blessed by my brother and sister who were talking about this morning about the, the task that they have taken on in, in oxygen, you know? I feel the need to go and visit this shop just to, just to see what's going on there. But what a sacrifice. And they are reaching out to many young people that go through trials and tribulation, some more than we can ever imagine. Self-harm, the drugs, the violence, it's all there. But they know, they have an assurance that they have a saviour who has been there and done it all. And through that, they have a message of hope for the world. We have a message of hope for the world, do we not?
and we need God in our trials and our suffering. We need each other in our trials and suffering. That's why we are a church. That's why we are a fellowship, is it not? We're not an island. We're not just a collection of individuals, but we are called one to another to love each other. And that love looks like taking on each other's burdens and praying for each other so that we know and have a full assurance of this pure joy that we face in our trials, that God is there for us. And for those of us who have chosen to follow his example and trust in him for eternal life, we know that our trials are transient and temporary. For we we see them through the hope that we have that one day we will see our Saviour face to face. Hallelujah. Praise his name. We're only here for a short while. Some longer than others, some shorter than others. But we're only on this earth for a short while. And there's much to take in. There's much to learn for the Christian on his walk with God. But be assured that you can consider it pure joy that whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work. I commend to you this word. I would ask you to read it again and pray over it and see what God is saying to you. It's a real blessing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and Lord, we thank you for the way you speak to us. You speak to us through your Son. And Lord, even in the the tangled words that I speak this morning, I pray that we can get something from it that speaks right to our soul and right to our spirit, that we might understand exactly what you're saying through your word, and that we might be encouraged that we might know that in our trials, in our tribulations, and in our circumstances, you are always there. And it may not feel like you are sometimes, or you might feel distant when the things come crowding in us, when the darkness comes crowding in us. But Lord, we are so grateful that you are there. So thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the love, the grace, and the mercy that you shine down upon us and the hope we have in eternal life. In the name of Jesus, our Saviour. Amen.